beautiful people. Apologies again for getting this out a little late, but it's out, or it will be as soon as I hit publish, right? So we are on step 12 because we're in December, and because this is a recovery podcast and because I practice what I preach, I gave myself grace for not being completely perfect this past week and getting this out sooner. Now, last year was our first December together, and it was our first step meeting, and we started with step 12. And honestly, I didn't listen to it again to remember what we talked about exactly. But I found an exercise that I think I'm pretty confident we didn't do last year together. And I think it's a, it's a nice reflective exercise for step 12. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the definition and we'll talk about, I'm of course reading this out of, got to make sure I give GA the credit they are due, um, the Writing the Steps book, the Writing the Steps workbook. And of course, we're not going to write because this is a podcast, so we're going to talk. You're welcome to write. So step 12 is, having made an effort to practice these principles in all our affairs, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive gamblers. So here's the exercise. As the combo book reminds us, the greatest challenge with which we will be faced is that of bringing about a character change within ourselves. This challenge should be worked on immediately and continued through our lives, which is in bold font, by the way, through the study and practice of the 12 steps of recovery. After working all the 12 steps, ask yourself these questions. So I'm not going to read the list and then circle back, I don't think. I'm going to actually go through them one at a time and, and talk about them that way. So number one, am I still powerless over gambling? Well, for me and probably for anybody that's a self-declared pickle or addict, I think the answer is yes. Um, the answer is yes for me for sure. Anyway, like I know I can't walk back into a casino and gamble normally, or at least I'm still mostly convinced of that. And I respect, <laughs> I respect the concept enough and my bad behaviors enough and the process enough to probably not try it. Do I believe in a power greater than myself can restore me to a normal way of thinking and living? So this kind of ties into a lot of that faith stuff that we've been talking about. But I absolutely, absolutely believe that there's a power greater than me. And that if I relinquish enough control and I have enough faith, that it can restore me to a normal way of thinking and living. And that has to do with, I think, perspective. At least in my case, it has to do with perspective. If I stop trying to control everything... And, and try to be in power and in control instead of handing it over, then that's when I make myself insane. I think that's what just happened recently is I was trying to control too much and not relinquish enough. And it isn't normal thinking and living when I do that. Number three, have I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of this power of my own understanding? And that's the surrender piece. And... I'll tell you guys, it's not always easy. 
especially the more I learn, there's a lot of people that suffer from addiction that are like hard workers or are badasses in the professional arena, for example, or really dedicated to their families and the things that they're doing. Like these are good people. And with the strength of, of the effort of whether you're being the head person in the family or the superstar at the office, whatever that is, that it goes back again to having that power, that authority and thinking that we know best. But in the program, you know, they say our, they say something about our thinking, but we don't always have the best thinking and we can't always, we can't always see things for ourselves. That's why it's important in the program to have a sponsor, right? Or to have people in your life that can hold the mirror up to your actions and behaviors. Like, that's so wicked important. We can't see our own blind spots. I think we all know this. And giving this surrender to whatever works for you. And again, I'm not preaching God. I'm not preaching higher power. But something. We can't think that we're the ultimate, right? Even even if you're a complete atheist, you know that you're not the end-all, be-all. You didn't make the world turn. You don't make flowers grow. You don't make rain come like there's there's something bigger than us right that's just obvious and that's just actually fact now whether or not you choose to turn it over that's up to you but that's what this this step three question is all about is is surrender at least that's how I feel about it and we talk about fill in the bucket the bucket overflows we have the suitcase of shit all the things right and if we just empty the bucket to whatever this power is, even if we don't even understand, even if we don't have a label, even if we haven't identified it, we just surrender that we're not strong enough to carry it all alone and still not gamble or live our best lives, then that gives us a freedom that that is beautiful, a freedom to heal, a freedom to grow, a freedom to move forward in life instead of being weighed down by all the shit. Number four, have I made a searching and fearless moral and financial inventory of myself? And I think that this is this is definitely ever evolving too. I've I when I was in treatment, and, and this will be the moral piece, well, and the financial piece actually. So three and a half, almost four years ago when I was in treatment, when when I was doing my step four work and writing out the things that I had done that I needed to forgive myself for or I needed to apologize for and was being really brave about it, I had a very different moral compass back then than I do today. And I'm grateful for that. And and back then, I didn't think my moral compass was wrong. And I mean, it shifted a lot even when I was in treatment. How I felt about my values and what I thought was important on day one was very different on day 28 which is still very different than from how I feel about things today. And then financial, it, in the gambling world, there's financial is a big piece, right? And I remember oh, I, was, I was still difficult 
fresh out of treatment and even before I left. And I was sitting down with the financial lady and she wanted to do all these numbers. And because I had gotten the job here in New York and my salary had a like a $40,000 swing and my cost of living expenses were unknown, I didn't know where I was going to live and the cost of all those things. It was really hard to do a budget, never mind address the debt and, and how to strategize about it because I didn't know what my living costs were. So that was one situation. And then I get here, and if I was to take a financial inventory again, a year later, two years later, and today, it would, again, all look different. And my, my, my finances, my debt, my mentality around money is all not the same. It's always a moving target, right? So th- the point of this exercise in general is kind of to check in to see if we're working the 12 steps And we don't get to just work them once for them to be effective long term, in my humble opinion and in GA's opinion, I think. (laughs) So, yes, I've I've done the work there and I'm actually getting ready to do some other financial inventory for my dreams. I have to figure out how much my dreams are going to cost and then I have to figure out how I'm going to make the money to make my dreams come true, which is another whole thing. If I didn't have my dreams and if I didn't have the teachings that I was getting that get me to dig deep into this in the business world, I might not even be thinking about that. Number five, have I admitted to myself and another human being the exact nature of my wrongs? This is, so four and five kind of tie into what I was telling you about what I learned this week about spiritual metabolism and the, the writing things down every day or, or starting with a clean slate and doing things over. So the first thing is, obviously, we have to admit to ourselves all the stuff, and that's where it's searching and fearless in step four. So yeah, I I can admit when I'm wrong, and can I tell another human being about it? Absolutely. Now, that comes in different shapes and sizes for me. Sometimes it's a private conversation, like I had yesterday, with someone who isn't involved in whatever, you know, I was... I was actually just reflecting on my opportunity areas yesterday with another human being saying, you know, like, I felt this way. I didn't feel like I should feel this way. And, you know, I got stuck and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it's it's in a group environment, the other human beings, where we're sharing in, in whether it's a GA group or for me, I have my alcohol-free group, I have my problem gambling group. So there's an opportunity there to talk about those things. And then there's also the very private things with the sponsor or clergy, whatever that looks like for you. It could be anybody. I mean, when I did my first step five, like wholeheartedly in treatment, it was with, I don't, I don't know the title. Let's call him a minister or uh, yeah, let's call him a minister, the clergy at any rate. And that was the first person that I ever told a lot of things to. And here's here's a little secret in case you don't know. Once you say those things out loud, once you look at those things squarely in the face, you take away their power to haunt you. I, I want you to know that. It's so true. It's just like when you admit that you're a gambler to yourself, to your family, to whoever. You take away the power of of the gambling addiction or disorder or whatever you want to call it. 
because it's not a secret anymore. The secrets can hold us back, guys. It can hold us back because we sit in them and and sit in the stink and the filth of them. And it's essentially secrets are past because they're over, right? That's what created the secret. And we can't live in the past. It doesn't help us. Have I admitted to my, oh, that's the same one. Number six, am I entirely ready to have these defects of character removed? And that was the journey I began after treatment. And it's a work in progress every single day. And I will be completely honest, there are still there are still defects that I haven't moved the needle on as much as I would like. Sometimes it's being judgmental. Sometimes it's being black and white. It's being hard on myself. There's impatience. Oh, my gosh. I, I remember writing impatience down as a, a defect seven years ago, eight years ago, whenever I, 2013, where are we? Whenever I first went to, to GEA, so 2013, seven years ago, impatience is one of those ones um, that I had to, you know, I still have to work on. So I'm, I'm ready and some, but some of them are still, are still there. Number seven, have I asked my higher power to remove my shortcomings? And I, I, I think so. I think that I ask for guidance. And it's really weird because I don't think of, for me, the way higher power is evolving is my belief in something, but I don't necessarily have direct conversations with a higher power to relieve my shortcomings. And because of the way my faith works out now, and this is just, this is just me and the way it, it's working for me is, even if, let's say I was impatient and I was frustrated. Like to me, frustration over small stuff is a shortcoming. And that's what happened this past week. I was frustrated, right? And I didn't, I didn't ask a higher power per se to get rid of it. But I am aware like, okay, universe, because I have the faith in the way I believe in it, like this is happening for a reason, so I tend to accept it. But I also know that that isn't how I want to show up in the world. So it might not even be a direct ask. So I don't, I don't know if, if that qualifies or not, honestly. But that's just how I roll. And I'm giving you permission to roll whatever way works for you. Number eight, have I made a list of all persons I have harmed? And I did. I did when I was in treatment. All the way down to the dog. Um, things that we don't think about. And, and the people that we've hurt. I even, well, the next one is, have I made amends to all the people on my list? Anybody that I could make amends to, I have. And my biggest for me was always my ex-husband. But I found myself last year um, apologizing to someone else that I didn't even know that my gambling was impacting our dynamic. So... That was like a perpetual kind of thing, too. I'd never thought I needed to apologize to that person. So, I yeah, I think I've cleaned house on all of that. And then step 10, have I continued to take a personal inventory on when I was wrong, promptly admitted it? And this is, this is definitely something that I work on a lot. I try to, again, that what did I call it? Spiritual metabolism, getting rid of it daily. Now I might not turn everything around daily and I just learned that premise this week. 
but I definitely have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I definitely have no problem apologizing. Hell, I've even gotten to this place in my recovery where other people are wrong and should be apologizing and I still forgive them without them asking for it. And I still try to just treat them as if there was never an issue because they got their own stuff and it's not my stuff to judge and tell them. So I think I do do that. And there's times that I miss things in my personal inventory too. So it's good that I have people that help me identify those things that I can't see. And guys, feedback is like magic. I never really thought of it that way before. I used to get offended and stuff. And now that I'm working with the team and my true motivation is to get better, to serve my clients or to, you know, work on my dream, I need that feedback to get better. And it's because my heart and my head are positioned in a different place than the place of ego that it used to be driven by. When I, for the many years at my nine to five, you know, I would only ever hear the negative feedback. I never heard the positive. Even if they were saying it, I just didn't hear it. It didn't register. I did have some mentors that I would take their feedback and try to work on it. But there was still this defense around it. And I'm so freaking grateful now that I don't get defensive. And because of the communication style, and this is why it's important too, if you're in a 12-step program or another kind of group where it's a safe place where you can get feedback, like GA meetings, some of them won't let you give feedback, but you make the connections and you can have feedback afterwards You know, if you're open to it. just it's Sometimes it's just a different way of thinking. I recorded with with a fella, Tim Ringold, last night, and um, he wasn't intentionally giving me feedback, but his philosophies were like feedback for me. And when I heard what he was saying in a different way, I can actually take that information, it's practical information, and now I could run with it and do a better job because of that feedback, even though it wasn't deliberate feedback. So stay in tune to that and, and pay attention to when you're getting feedback so that you can admit it if you know and apologize or do whatever you need to do with it so that you can start with that clean slate every day so you're not bogged down it's all it's all tied in together right these are all the things that keep us healthy so we can move forward and have our best life so you got you got to do the work um but it's all connected on how we do it Number 11, have I improved my conscious contact with my higher power? So as someone who says, you know, step 11 is kind of what prompted me that in that conversation um, about my friend feeling like church was a deserve thing or his relationship with God was a church thing. That's kind of what inspired me was those two things and yeah, my higher power is the universe or that love source. I love that terminology now. So I have it, but like I just explained, it may not be a one-on-one conversation. I don't know that I necessarily pray. Maybe I do. I, I mean, I talk to the universe quite a bit. Um, I don't know if it's as black and white as maybe this reading, which I tell you because I want you to know that it's your life and it's your recovery and it's your way. You could do it whatever way works for you that keeps you healthy and safe. So that's why I share kind of some of my incidental random weirdness because it's not a one-size-fits-all. Recovery is just not a one-size-fits-all. 
And then step 12, which is the step that we're on. Am I carrying the message of recovery to other compulsive gamblers? And I really, I really think that it needs to be noted that this could be anything from telling someone your story. So for example, my mentee last week, the week before, I'm losing track of time, but she told some of her friends and one of the friends that she told, well, she had a, a weird reaction. A couple people like laughed at her initially. And I think that it was just uncomfort, uncomfortableness and not understanding. But one of her friends that she told said, oh, yeah, I think my boyfriend has a, a gambling problem, too. And I said to her, I said, you are going to be the first person that they come to when they decide to address that. So by her putting herself out there, and I'm using this as one example, carrying the message of recovery, is because we want to pay it forward. We want to help those who need the help. And sometimes it's by doing something that actually it's helping you in the process, right? If you tell people that you have this problem and you're open about it, you're taking away the power of the secret. And you're also like coming clean so you don't have to carry that burden. But then you're letting people know that you're almost a safe spot to, to help, and there's a lot of amazing people in this world. There's so many people in the GA groups and recovery groups that are supportive to each other that are doing this step 12 work. And then there's this other, like, I don't want to say level, but there's even the other podcasters that are out there. There's the people who are putting together programs. There are people that are volunteering at the 1-800 numbers. There are people that have written books and that talked. I mean, there's a lot of people that take carrying the message of recovery to a whole new level. And I, you know, I aspire to be like these guys. They're really trying to break, break the stigma and the secrecy. You know, there's people that call this the hidden illness. And I think that's the most appropriate context because it, it's like hidden in plain sight. And when we're gambling, we're not like advertising, especially when it gets dark. We might in the beginning share like, oh, I won or oh, I'm going. But there comes a point where you stop tagging yourself at the casino because it would be every day, right? So that's what really step 12 is about. But what these questions and the way this exercise in this book is, is about what I'm about to read to you. If you answered no to any of these above, or if you have any doubts, please take this opportunity to look inside yourself and see what's holding you back. This exercise may help you to become more willing to commit to doing the work that will enable you to answer yes to all of these questions. Now, ask yourself and answer one more question. Am I willing to work the, step, the 12 steps again, starting with step one? I think that this is a great way to finish off the year and be thinking about next year, right? A lot of people set goals and get very reflective as the year ends. And, you know, this year is just such a bizarre year on so many levels. And I would encourage you to think about working the 12 steps again, or for the first time, if you've never tried. And there's no rush. I'm not saying that you have to get them done in a year. And I'm not telling you, you have to do it my way. I'm just telling you, and, and I would tell you this if you're a listener who doesn't have a gambling problem, that, you know, can you apply this to am I powerless over blank, over alcohol, over sex, over shopping, over overthinking, over playing on the computer, over Candy Crush, over whatever the things are. And you can apply this to all those things because really the end game is just to be a healthy, healthy, 
human being, a loving human being. Uh, have your best life. Be fulfilled. Feel whole. Feel connected. Be a good person. Show up. That's the end game, right? At least I think that's what most people want. They want to be happy. That's why we play that song every time. And if you're not, you know, if if I'm not necessarily giving you all you need about the steps and you go to GA or another 12-step program and you want maybe even another fresh perspective, I'm going to offer, and I know, I know I'm just in crazy, but... Um, Justin from Blue October every Tuesday night does step work and he engages with his audience and shares his perspective on the step work and he has done it long enough that there's files on his um, Get Back Up TV and you can literally go through the steps and he has a little different flavor and I actually I need to go back through myself and work with the way he presents them because I really like it and again it's just about being a, a better person and being whole. And he's over eight years clean now. And I just really love what he brings to the table on this. Obviously, you hear about Justin all the time. But if you want to try something different and see if that resonates with you, I I hope you would, I would encourage you to try it. If the formalized step work like this isn't your jam, maybe the recovery Dharma questions work better for you. Whatever it is that works for you, I'm not here to tell you what works for you. I'm just here to discuss this with you and, and share the options that you have. So I hope that this was a value. I hope that you guys will be honest with yourselves. And I hope that you're doing the work because it's worth it doing the work. And I appreciate your patience for my character defect of being late by a day on our Step 12 uh, episode. So thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I appreciate you and have a fantastic day.